Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, good morning and welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. I'm your host, Charles Goodsir. Unfortunately, Daniel Pettigrew is still away this morning filling in the chair once again. Thank you for listening across the SEN network. That's SEN 1170 AM or SENQ 693 AM in Queensland or 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. If you want to have your say on any of the topics we're going to talk about this morning, please give us a call at 1300 01 1170 or text through at 0457 736 736. We're going to be chatting NRL on the injury front ahead of the preliminary finals. Chris Perkins will be joining us all the way from America to discuss everything going on in the NFL. Might also get his thoughts on the college football season, as well as some news out of the NBA. And I'm also going to play snippets from uh, an exclusive interview I had uh, about a month ago with Andrew Gilchrist, ahead of the ODI Cricket World Cup, and his thoughts on, I guess, the rise of white ball cricket and uh, whether franchise cricket will, will take over test cricket one day. So stay tuned for that. You are listening to Tradies News in a Nutshell, all thanks to Red Smoke Alarms. Think Red Smoke Alarms, thinkredsmokealarms.com.au. Now, it's time for this. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best a Rheem, Australia's favourite hot water and the hot topic this morning. Well, it's all about the injury front because if you're a Penrith fan, you had a bit of a scare for roughly half an hour as uh, Panthers star Nathan Cleary was sent to hospital after fears that he may have injured his finger during training. He was sent to hospital for scans. Uh, Thankfully, they, they were just precautionary scans. He pulled out of training on the Monday morning. He returned to Panthers HQ later that day to resume preparations for Friday's prelim final against Melbourne. The club is confident Cleary will take place for the back-to-back premiers after being cleared of any break or serious injury. He'll be available for the next training session on Wednesday. This is pretty scary when it broke yesterday. Covered all here, right here on SEN. But thankfully for Penrith fans, he is A-OK. But staying with Penrith and Jerome Luai completed his first contact drill since dislocating his shoulder in that round 26 match against the Parramatta Eels. There were fears he might have missed the, the whole season. It seemed like a pretty bad dislocation, but I mean, it's more good news for Penrith in their bid to claim the first three peats since the Eels in the early 80s. He was put through his pace on Monday morning, testing out his shoulder and contract drills for the first time in over a month. It's just four weeks after his shoulder popped out in that Panthers loss, as I'd mentioned, and he's crucial to their return. Penrith will assess Luai's recovery from the session on Tuesday, and a call on his availability is unlikely to be made until later in the week. Now, of course, if he is unavailable, that backup half, Jack Cogger, he's performed pretty well in Luai's absence and also um, in Cleary's absence throughout the season. I'm sure he'll do a stellar job. And staying on the injury front, Jerome Hughes, who missed Melbourne's thrilling semi-final win over the Sydney Roosters, he was a late withdrawal due to calf tightness. Now, there wasn't really any 
uh, specifics on what it was about, but uh, let's have a listen to what Jerome Hughes had to say yesterday. Pushing very hard. I'm a competitive guy and love playing, uh, especially around finals. And probably giving the, the physios a bit of a headache last week because I told him I was sweet, but he obviously didn't think so. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get back. And uh, the probably the, the thing that I don't want to do is go out there underdone. And um, if I don't get through the game, it puts my team under pressure. So um, I'll make sure I'm right. You know, this week I've started really well and had a little trot yesterday. And um, hopefully can get um, get into training tomorrow. So um, that's probably the next box to tick off. Yeah, so Jerome Hughes there from the Melbourne Storm. He, he sounds pretty confident that he can get back in time. And look, I think uh, they probably need him if they any hope of beating Penrith. As good as Tyron Wishart was against the Roosters, uh, I just don't think he's any matchup for that brutal uh, Penrith lineup. What do you think? Are, are you a bit concerned about these little injury niggles uh, later in the season for the Penrith and, and for the Storm as well? I would dare say that every single team left in the competition at this point um, has a few players who are, who are carrying niggling injuries or or some sort of muscle or calf tightness or anything like that. But what do you think? Are you worried as a Storm fan? Are you worried as a Panther fan? Or, or, or do you think it's just all ducks and drakes? Uh, give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 01 1170 or text through 0457736736. Sticking with Rugby League and Roosters forward Nat Butcher is a shock inclusion in an extended kangaroo squad for the Pacific Championships, which could see the test debut of night star Kalen Ponga as well. So Butcher, who has had a stellar couple of years with uh, the Sydney Roosters, that he's had another strong year in 2023. He's yet to resent New South Wales at state of origin level, but he's been added to the Australian train-on squad alongside teammates James Tedesco and Lindsay Collins for the Tri-Nations tournament featuring New Zealand and Samoa. Now, most of the Bay has been around Meninga's choice in the centres, given the unavailability of the Trell Mitchell, Tom Travojevic, Jack Wyden, and maybe in Valentine Holmes, given his off-field discretions. Butcher's call-up comes as a little bit of a surprise. He, uh, he was fantastic in uh, the Roosters match against the Storm, as he has been all year. He's had some international experience. He's played for the Prime Minister's 13 against Papua New Guinea in, in 2022. And Meninga, who is here every Thursday on SCN on the throwdown with uh, Jimmy Smith. So I'm sure Jimmy will, will chat to him about this potential inclusion. But it seems that he's seen enough to give him a chance of featuring in the in the squad for there are some matches in Townsville and, and Melbourne uh, as well. Uh, Roosters fans, what do you think? I'm, I'm not a Roosters fan, but I'm a big fan of the Butcher brothers, particularly Nat. I think uh, he offers a lot. He's, he's a bit of a try scorer as well. He knows how to find the line. And I think he just, he's never had a bad game. He, he can have great games and have good games, but never a flat out bad game. So I really like this inclusion, if, if this is what Mal Meninga is to go to. And in addition to that as well, Ponga's inclusion comes after a red hot run of form, which helped lift the Knights to 10 straight wins. An unlikely semi-final berth, although it did end at the hand of the Warriors. I mean, I'm a Knights fan, uh, unashamedly as well. But but I think anyone can admit the last ten weeks, Pong has been the best player in the competition without a doubt. And I think he was if he was fit, firing. And remember, he had a, a brief stint playing at five eighth as well. I think he could have gone a long way to to claiming the Dalian Medal this season. Uh, but he's set to be included, and he, he, he pulled out of uh, for Queensland, for State of Origin, despite not starring for Queensland, and he's even represented the Ma- Maori All-Stars as well. He's yet to put on the green and gold at senior level, 
and Lubes as an enticing option for Meninga, even if he sticks with Tedesco at fullback. Now, this is, I, I think, the big topic. James Tedesco, he, he was, he's sort of built up back his form in, in the last few weeks as the Roosters went on their unlikely finals run, but has he shown enough? He, he, was, he went missing at the start of the season, and especially during that state of origin period where I think myself, I, I was one of those people calling for, for a fresh voice, for a fresh face in the number one jersey. I was calling for the likes of Dylan Edwards or, or Scott Drinkwater, who had a stellar season. I think he yet the most assists um, of anyone this season. So does Mal Meninga stick with James Tedesco at fullback? Let me know at 0457-736-736 or give us a call 1300-01-1170. Now, sticking to the injury front, but switching codes to the Melbourne Demons in the AFL. Suck it up. Claims Brayshaw incident derailed Demons amid finals choke. Now, this comes from Melbourne great and also SCN's very own Gary Lyon, who you can listen to on SCN 1116 or anywhere on the SCN app. He's told the club to suck it up and reload amid remarkable claims that the Angus Brayshaw concussion derailed their loss to Carlton on Friday night. Now, this was an incident that occurred in the qualifying final against Collingwood with Braden Maynard, who went for a smother, braced for contact, and claimed Brayshaw concussed him on the ground. Brayshaw was cleared of that incident, but... We know all the, I, I guess, the hysteria that, that followed around it about whether the, the smother is dead, whether a footy action should be uh, given a suspension, all, all of that as well. But um, John Ralph, a, a, um, a journalist for, for the Herald Sun over in Melbourne, has revealed that senior figures at the Demons believe the Brayshaw fallout contributed to the team's semi-final loss. There was a strong belief from senior figures still a week on that is Angus Brayshaw furor derailed their finals pitch. The players were shell-shocked to witness Brayshaw concussed and laid out cold. Jacob Van Royen for the Melbourne Demons was suspended because he was trying to physically intimidate the opposition. And Cosy Pickett's first half brain fade uh, during the semi-finals against Carlton where he, he lined up Patrick Cripps, completely mistimed the bump. He's been suspended for a week. That was him trying to impose himself. Now, some would say it's a cop-out, but it is something senior figures have expressed. There are people that feel like they were just discombobulated by it. It's interesting. Um, and I guess that also speaks to when team teammates and important teammates like Brayshaw was get knocked out or, you know, suffer a serious significant injury, a sickening injury even. Does that Can that derail your season? I know that probably the players say, no, it had no effect, but... I think subconsciously you're probably wondering about it a little bit. Let me know. Do you think that had any effect on, on Melbourne's loss uh, against Carlton? I, I just think Carlton were probably the better team and Melbourne just didn't take their chances. I, I, I personally don't think it had anything to do with the, the Brayshaw concussion. I think they'd moved on by then, but it's an interesting talking point for sure. We're going to take a break here on Tradies News in a nutshell. After the break, we're going to chat with Chris Perkins in America to chat all things NFL Maybe even get his thoughts on the NBA and college football as well, but some massive results uh, from your Monday morning. And then, of course, uh, we've got two Monday night football games in the NFL today. This is Charles Goodsir with Tradies News in a Nutshell. Yes, welcome back to Tradies News in a Nutshell. You're here with Charles Goodsir. Unfortunately, Daniel Pettigrew is still away, so filling in the chair. If you want to have your say on any of the issues we're talking about this morning, call one 300 one 1170 
or text through 0457736736. We've already got uh, a couple of texts here. Uh, this one from Big Ted. It's just hard to swallow that you call AFL the real football. What time do Vossi and Brandy kick off? Well, good news, Big Ted. They kick off at 6 a.m. right after me this morning, uh, and I think all football is real football. So apologies there. And also, this one from Jason. James Tedesco should be replaced in the Australian Kangaroos team with Nick Meany. He's had a very good season for the Melbourne Storm. Jason, I agree with you there. He has had a very good season, but I don't think he should be in line uh, for an Australian jersey, as good as his season has been. Now, let's get ready to talk all things uh, America with Chris Perkins. He's on the line. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. Yes, and I'm happy to say that Chris Perkins joins me on the line this morning. Chris, how are you? I am doing good, driving through Texas. Good to talk to you, Charles. Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining me. We'll start with the NFL, and I have to start with my New England Patriots. Unfortunately, starting season 0-2, once again, leaving it their run far too late. But uh, looking pretty happy that they'll manage to keep it with a pretty exciting Dolphins team. Uh, so, first of all, you're a Patriots fan? I am a Patriots fan, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I am a, a, a fan of the late St. Louis Rams. Mm. Um, I, I've hated the Patriots for about 20 years. Yeah, the anyway. gr- yeah look, we, we knocked off the greatest show on turf. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but, uh, you know. But, yeah. you know. It, it, he was yeah, the goat. We we didn't know what we had. A little bitter. <laughs> still a little bit bitter about that. Yeah, Brady's first first Super Bowl title, first of any Super Bowl title. But yeah, the Patriots last night. I'll tell you, they they certainly they certainly went down swinging last night against Miami on on Sunday Night Football. Um, they uh, the, you know, just the, just the last offensive play. I mean, the the pass to the tight end. He's going to be short of the first down, and he knows it. And he just kind of flips it back to one of his offensive linemen who got tackled about a quarter to a half a yard short of the line to gain on fourth down. Uh, like I said, they, they certainly made it entertaining, and they, they did not give up until the last uh, uh, until all hope was gone last night. Yeah, and, and that was good to see. And, and although the you know the, the Patriots fan in me wanted that to be a first down, uh, I, I, just looking at it live, it, it looked like he was short. Um, um, Strange was just short on that play, unfortunately. So yeah, not a great start for the Patriots going zero and two. Yeah. But but what have you made of Mac Jones? Um, th- do you think he's the guy moving forward for the Patriots? I, I'm at the camp that I, I think he is, but I can understand why people don't feel that way. Yeah, I mean, he has he has moments. He's still a young guy. I I certainly he's he's a downgrade from what they used to have. But everybody's a downgrade from Tom Brady. Okay, I mean I, I think he's a good solid quarterback. He's going to win some ball games. Um, I don't think there's a lot of, there there's enough talent around him. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to make who's going to be. He's not a quarterback who's going to win games by himself. He, he's just not built that way. He's got to have some good skill position guys and good protection around him. Some quarterbacks uh, are good enough that they can 
they can get away with having lesser talent around them and still be successful. Patrick Mahomes would be a, a prime example. I mean, the, that man just has an incredible amount of talent and, and improvisational skill uh, at quarterback. Matt Jones really doesn't have that, uh, and I just don't think the Patriots have enough around him. Uh, plus, they, the Patriots are in the AFC East, and that is a that, that well, it was it was an even more stacked division before Aaron Rodgers went down with his injury. But you still got Josh Allen, who looked good yesterday, and you got Tua Tagovailoa, who's looked fantastic the first two weeks down in Miami. You're playing for at best third in the AFC East, and that may not be enough to get a wild card spot with as good as the rest of the AFC looks. Yeah, it is a stacked AFC East this year. I want to switch to one of the other teams, the New York Jets, going down to the Cowboys 30-10, to this game being at AT&T Stadium. Now, Zach Wilson, I think it's blatantly obvious that he's just not the guy to lead this Jets team. Uh, he, he was through three interceptions yesterday. There, there were a couple of awful ones where I was just watching and just throwing my hands in the air, just could not believe what I was seeing. They've got a great defense. They got Aaron Rodgers. He went down injured. Do they bring someone else in? Do they bring a Joe Flacco in? Do they go for maybe Carson Wentz or I, I know that uh, this you know a bit out of left field, but I know Colin Kaepernick's name has been floated around. Although I think that's not going to happen. Do they bring someone in, or do they just have to stick with Zach Wilson? I'm going to take I'm going to take a different tack. I'm going to say Zach Wilson did not look as bad as the stats indicate yesterday. That was a game at halftime. It was an 18-10 ball game at halftime. Yes, Zach Wilson threw three interceptions yesterday, all three of them in the fourth quarter when we were approaching garbage time, when, when the Jets were down 17 points. I think I, he had moments yesterday. The problem for, for Zach Wilson is he doesn't have a great offensive line to protect him, and the Dallas Cowboys' pass rush and their defense in general – is absolutely a grade. It, it is probably the best defense in the NFL. The Jets probably have the number two defense in the NFL. But I, the numbers, they look bad. But watching him play yesterday, he really did at times look solid, looked like he had a good handle on the offense. I think, I think you stick with Zach Wilson going forward. You hope that the offensive line gets better as they get more experience together. And with the skill position guys they have in Garrett Wilson, in in Brees Hall, the Jets could be in a good position. They're not going to face a defense as good as the Cowboys every week. Next week should look better for the Jets. Uh, the games going forward should look better for the Jets. But I, I say stick with Zach Wilson. I think they may have something certainly for the future. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I, 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 don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I just fear that the Jets are, are wasting a, a season away here. But who, who knows? I, I might be proven wrong. I, I want to look at another young quarterback in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons and probably know where I'm going with this. It's Justin Fields uh, for the Chicago Bears uh, going down 27-17 to, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who, who've looked pretty good, in all fairness, uh, with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. But again, it's it's his urgency. This Justin Fields, his urgency, his decision making, uh, just he just doesn't have that intensity. I, I don't think. What did you make of his game yesterday? 
Yeah, the Bears do not look good. I mean, this, this offseason, they had the number one draft pick. They could have gotten Bryce Young. They traded that pick away to Carolina, okay, for, for a boatload of, of, of picks, okay, for a, a large quantity of high draft picks. Um, they said that we're going to back Justin Fields. We're going we're, we're to get, get, get some guys around him. Uh, nothing's changed in Chicago. It still looks as bad as it did last year um, up in Chicago. Uh, field stat line yesterday, 16-29, 211 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. That, that's just not going to uh, cut it, especially against the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay team with Baker Mayfield. Now, not to disrespect Baker Mayfield, I mean, the man does have a little bit of pedigree at least. For the love of God, he won a playoff game in Cleveland. All right, so I mean that that's a that's a miracle on the level of parting the Red Sea to begin with, winning a playoff game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but you know he he's certainly not the greatest quarterback in the NFL. But yeah, Baker Mayfield looked looked pretty good the first two weeks. And Tampa Bay sitting at two and zero after their first two games. But yeah, for the Bears, it's starting to look like another lost season. Now, the good news for the Bears is if this winds up being a lost season and they stink again, they're going to have at least one top five draft pick, and they may have a second one depending on how the, the Carolina Panthers look. So uh, moving on in the draft, just you know, cutting, cutting bait with Justin Fields and getting the, their next quarterback of the future, uh, and getting some talent around that guy uh, could be coming in pretty short order for the Chicago Bears just based on the fact that they made that trade this, this draft for that number one pick for Bryce Young to Carolina. Yeah, I, I personally think they made the right decision by, by sticking with Fields and trading the number one pick away. I, I think we can all see the talent that's there. It's just on Fields to, to start to you know realize that potential. Exactly. Um, I, I, I want to go to the, to the 0-2 teams. So we've got the Broncos, Vikings, Chargers, Bengals, the Bears, and the Patriots we, we, we've spoken about. Which team are you most worried about? I, I, I might kick this off. I'm really worried about the Chargers. Uh, the, Justin Herbert is a very, very good quarterback. Uh, they've got a very good offense. They've scored, what is it, uh, 58 points in the first two weeks. Zero turnovers, yet they sit 0-2. I think it's the first team in... Uh, the Super Bowl era history to to have that stat line, losing against the Titans, who who aren't, let's be honest aren't that great of a football team this season. What do they yeah. do with their coach Staley? I'm I'm of the opinion that they need to get rid of him. That they clearly can't defend. But out of those teams, which O and two team are you most worried about? Yeah, the Chargers are definitely high on the list. Although, listen, uh, losing twenty seven twenty four in overtime, yes. On the back of week one, when they lost by two to the Dolphins, okay, uh, they've, you, you're right, they can't defend. I mean, points are getting scored on them, but the Chargers are scoring a ton of points, all right? Uh, if they can figure out the defensive side of the ball, and it's not like they don't have guys on that side of the ball who, who need to, who need to stick, step their game up. Joey Bosa, uh, you know, they, they've got Joey Bosa on the defensive side of the ball, so... Uh, they, they definitely have some talent there who can get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but I, I wouldn't worry about the Chargers. In fact, I'd say they would be the one 
one of the teams that, that can overcome an 0-2 start and still make the playoffs. Now, uh, since 2002, uh, you start 0-2, you got about a 10% chance of making the playoffs. But it happens, all right? Uh, the Bengals did it last year. I'm worried about the Bengals. Uh, uh, they, they're 0-2. Uh, they did not look good last week against uh, against Cleveland. They looked better this week against Baltimore, uh, but still wound up losing. Uh, wound up losing, what, 27-24 yesterday to fall to 0-2. And Joe Burrow re-aggravated that calf injury. How's that going to affect him, not just for next week, but for the rest of the season? And, and how effective is this offense going to be? If he's not 100%, uh, that, that's a team that I am very worried about for, uh, in, in terms of the rest of the season and possibly making the playoffs uh, after an 0-2 start. It's, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it hasn't been a great start for uh, Joe Scheiste up in uh, Cincinnati. Chris Perkins is my guest here on Traders News in a Nutshell. If you've got a question for Chris, uh, anything NFL-related, we're going to chat college football as well after the break. Uh, text through at 0457 736 736. Chris, happy to stay the line? Absolutely. Wonderful. We'll take a break here on Traders News in a Nutshell. More Chris Perkins after the break. Yes, welcome back to Traders News in a Nutshell. My name is Charles Goodsir. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. I'm chatting with Chris Perkins uh, from America to chat all things NFL. Also, we're going to chat a little bit about college football. But just a reminder that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to America football's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance T&C supply. We, we've got a couple of questions uh, from you guys about uh, some uh, the Monday night football games uh, coming up later today, but we've got some breaking news for America, Chris. Yeah, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, uh, they've done a restructure of his contract. Now, remember about three years ago, summer of 2020, Mahomes signed a 10-year, $450 million contract. Now, everybody knew that that wasn't really a legitimate number of of amount of money he was going to make, that there was going to have to be some restructuring. This is the the first restructuring of that deal. It's for the next four seasons. So it's this year and the three seasons after this one. Four years. $210.6 $210.6 million. It will be the largest amount of money ever earned by an NFL player over a four-year span in history. And we've had some blockbuster contracts signed by quarterbacks this offseason. In fact, I think I think the the overall record was set like five times this offseason. Uh, the most recent one being Joe Burrow's five-year $275 million deal. Uh, with $219 million of it guaranteed. So just a, another in a long line of, of massive quarterback deals in the NFL. But, again, you know, $210 million over, the four, over a four-year span, uh, that's uh, you know, historic. Nobody's ever made that kind of money in the NFL before over four years. So, uh, but for Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champion, I, I, can almost make, I, can, I can still make the case he's underpaid at that number. Yeah, I would, I would argue that he's worth every cent uh, at that price. But let's look ahead to Monday night football. Of course, almost Tuesday morning football here in Australia. We've got uh, two divisional games. We've got the Panthers and the Saints and the Steelers and the Browns. And we've got a text here from the Big G. Morning, Charles and Chris. 
Chris, do you give Carolina a chance today? What, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I really don't. I mean, look, the, I mean, the Saints, strangely, uh, you know, the Saints are a three-point road favorite uh, in Carolina. Uh, Bryce Young, he's a rookie, okay? He's still going to look like a rookie quarterback. He's going to have moments where he looks pretty good, but he's going to have moments this year where he looks bad. And, you know, the Saints are a pretty good team. Uh, they, they've got a good quarterback, and Derek Carr is down there now. Uh, they're, I, I don't really like the Panthers' chances, but at the same time, it's at home, and there's always a possibility of Monday night football, weird things can happen sometimes on Monday night football. And maybe Bryce Young has a, has a game, you know, has the game of his young career. I mean, it's only his second career NFL game. But maybe he has a great one on, in prime time in front of the, the, uh, the eyes of the nation tonight. Yeah, who knows? I, I, really, I really like Bryce Young. Uh, and I think the Panthers... I, 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 I don't know what it's about them. I, th- I think that last year that they caused Tampa Bay a, a bit of a scare for the um, for the top of the uh, the NFC South. Now, looking at the Steelers-Browns, th- this is always a great, great contest. Um, the, one of my favorites was uh, that playoff game that you mentioned earlier with, with Baker Mayfield winning, and it was, I know, they, they jumped the Steelers early, and, and that, that image of uh, Ben Roethlisberger on, on the sidelines just staring blankly is one of my favorite images. In fact, it's my... It's my Twitter uh, banner, uh, actually, just because I love it so much. But they start at 10.15 a.m. today. Now, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, the two Monday night games and the crossover. We had the, the same thing last year with um, it was the Vikings and the Eagles and then the Bills and the Titans. Um, what, what do you make of this sort of crossover with the two games? Yeah, I, I don't like it being done too regularly. I mean, if you do it once a year, and sometimes that happens opening night, uh, but, but scheduling two games that overlap on Monday night, for the longest time, Monday night football, it, it was a standalone prime time, 9 p.m. Eastern on, on the American ABC, free to air. Um, and, you know, the, the, it was a game that the eyes of the nation saw. It was the, pre, it was the premier game of that week in the NFL. Now Monday night kind of feels like just another game or just another two games, especially when you're going to have an overlap. Uh, you know, have the, you're going to have the Saints and the Panthers start out on ESPN, and then an hour later you're going to have the Steelers and the Browns kick off. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of flipping channels uh, back and forth between two games on, on Monday night. I want to have my one game. I want to stick with it. But having the, having the Steelers and Browns, that – that is one of the t- traditionally nastiest rivalries uh, in the NFL. They're not all that far apart distance-wise. Uh, you, you have Browns and Steelers fans co-mingling um, in, in northeast Ohio and western Pennsylvania. Uh, and, and there's a there's a whole lot of history between these two teams. One of my uh, one one of the memories of this this game that sticks out in my mind is Miles Garrett ripping a player's a, a quarterback's helmet off, and I can't remember what quarterback it was. I was uh, uh, Rudolph, wasn't it? Off. Uh, yeah, uh, Mason, yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, that, that was yeah, that was ripping, a great moment. Ripping his helmet off. 
yeah, ripping his helmet off and then deciding to be nice about it and putting it back on Rudolph's head at high velocity. Yeah, I'm hoping we can expect something it, like it like that again. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, there are some nasty things that happen in in, in a Steelers Browns game. Uh, so I mean, certainly you'll you'll have good entertainment value, and you know what the Steelers they're looking to bounce back from a really a bad week one against San Francisco. They got blown out thirty to seven, and the Browns they're flying high after beating Cincinnati last week yeah. in, in week one. So they're sitting one and zero. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty uh, rare for the Browns. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, the Browns starting one and zero. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty rare thing for them. So, uh, for them to start, if they beat Pittsburgh, they're two and zero with two wins inside the division. That's a fantastic start for the Cleveland Browns in Northeast Ohio. So, absolutely nuts about it. Yeah, that's uh, cannot wait for that one, and uh, for everyone uh, listening. Uh, sure, they'll be you know sneakily having their screens on at work, trying to watch both of these games. I want to switch gears now to the college football arena, and there's only really one place we can go, and that's with the Colorado Buffaloes. I mean, Deion Sanders has transformed uh, this uh, this football program. Uh, it, it was a thriller against Colorado State, 43 to 35, going to double overtime. Uh, and all the stars were out for this game. I think I saw The Rock was there. Offset was there. Uh, I think even Kawhi Leonard ma- made an appearance. You know, when Kawhi gets out of his house, uh, it's a pretty big deal. But but what, what do you make of uh, Deion Sanders and, and what he's done to transform this Colorado team? I'll tell you what, Coach Prime, uh, I love it. I love watching this guy work. I love him watching him play when he was a, you know, when he was a Cowboy, when he was a 49er. And, and what he's done at the, uh, in, in college coaching, he has absolutely turned around what was a really good college football program, the Colorado Buffaloes, that have fallen on such hard times. This was a one-win team last year. They went 1-11. Now they're sitting at 3-0. and They're ranked in the top 20 in the, in the, uh, in the polls. Uh, they've got a showed a big one up in Oregon um, on Saturday afternoon against the Oregon Ducks. And this will be a game that really tells us if Colorado's for real. Because their first three games, uh, you know, they beat TCU. And, you know, TCU played for the national title last year, but they're, they're certainly down from what they were last year. They played Nebraska, who's a punchline, who's more of a punchline than a football team. And then they beat their in-state rival, Colorado State, in an absolute thriller that they had to rally back from the dead to, to win in double overtime. This is going to be their biggest test so far. This week and then next week against USC. If they win both of these games, they are not, they are not only a threat to win the Pac-12 title, but they're going to be in the conversation for the playoffs later on this year if they keep winning uh, because a win at Oregon and a win against USC, two really strong programs, uh, that that will be huge for Colorado. So let's see what they do starting this Saturday. Uh, but they're sitting at 19th in the nation and just doing an amazing job. And, and you know, Coach Prime, I, he, he's out there. He's in your face. He, he coaches like he plays. You know, he's going to be in your face. He's going to be – boisterous, but, man, the guy knows football, and he knows how to coach, and he loves his players. 
uh, as well. You, you see it. You see it every play, every game. How much he absolutely loves his players, and how much uh, I uh, and that he'll go to the wall for his players to, to see them succeed. Yeah, it's it's really good to see, Chris. Thank you very much for your time this morning. We'll have to leave it there, but uh, thank you very much for joining us on Traders News in a nutshell. My pleasure. Have a good day. You too, mate. Thank you. That's Chris Perkins there from America, chatting all things NFL and college football. Stay tuned. This is Traders News in a nutshell. Yes, welcome back to Tradies News in a Nutshell. I'm Charles Goodsir, filling in for Dan Pettigrew. And the Kings of Welder has texted through. says, can SCN management please do a welfare check on Dan the Man in a Nutshell? I fear Charles has him hostage like the Dragons with Ben Hunt. Kingswood Welder, I'm very glad you've asked. I have checked with Dan. He is A-OK. He should be back tomorrow. But if not, I will be here in the chair filling in for Tradies News in a nutshell, I've previewed this interview with Adam Gilchrist that I did about a month ago, chatting all things white ball cricket. Have a listen. What are you expecting from this World Cup? Who do you think is going to maybe surprise us a little bit? Who's the favourite going um, into it, do you believe? I think India start as favourites, just being in their, in their conditions and the, and the you know, balance and, and personnel in their team. But, but I think Australia and England are, are hot on their tails. I think they're the next two favourites to... To contest. Yeah, uh, and what do you make of the new system of, of qualification? So, so the West Indies, uh, two-time world champions, not even qualify for the World mm. Cup. Do, do you think that's a, it's a good system that we're seeing sort of um, associate nations progress and, and improve and qualify through that yeah. method? Yeah, oh, I mean, if you if you can't win the games in those qualifiers that warrant getting you through to the tournament, you probably don't quite deserve to be there. Um, that's that's the harsh reality of it. So. That's a challenge for the West Indies to go away and and try to you know, um, develop the aspects of their game that they've been lacking in lately. So, uh, and on the flip side, as you say, a few of the what, what previously termed minnow nations getting through and getting exposure there, and you know, a team like the Dutch team, they're, they're not newbies now to, to world tournaments, be it T20 or um, you know coming in with much more experience so yeah they're the type of team that could very easily spring a surprise on someone that it did in the T20 World Cup and no reason that can't filter into a a 50 over format. Yeah I think we saw a bit South Africa in in this tournament Um, just just on South African cricket as well I think there was a report last week that their T20 Mm-hmm. Uh, contracted players such as Tim Bavuma, Kisa Rabada would be yep. rested and stay in their domestic tournament rather than go play test yep. cricket. Yep. I, d- I just wondered what your thoughts on that, uh, yeah. thoughts on that are. Oh, it's just so challenging for administrators to work out when to play the international game. I don't have a ready-made answer. I really don't. Um, I mean, the answer is don't have crossover, mm-hmm. but it's a bit out of their hands if it's sort of independent competitions being run, uh, very lucrative competitions, but yeah, surely there can be some better dialogue between boards to work out when to play. Um, um, yeah, but as I say, I don't have a ready-made answer. Yeah, do you think it's disappointing after such a, an amazing series like the, the last Ashes we just had that sort of mm. captured the hearts and minds of not mm. just Australian and, and England cricket fans, but also sort of a, around the cricket globe? Do you think it's disappointing seeing that now some nations are prioritising white ball cricket over over test cricket? Yeah, I, I'm still in the camp of test cricket's the, the ultimate one, mm-hmm. and, and you hope that that 
remains so, but it's it's definitely under threat, and it's just so challenging from a commercial point of view for these nations. Um, yeah, I don't know the finances of the ICC, but I, was, I just wonder if there's a better distribution model where they can ensure that there's not these sort of clashes. Um, so if South African cricket needs financially propping up to stay healthy, to stay relevant, to stay alive, uh, I think that's a role that the ICC can really look at. And, but I say that having no idea about what the financial distribution is. Yeah, do, do you think um, cricket boards such as um, the Australian Cricket Board or the BCCI have a responsibility to sort of help global cricket or, yeah, or the status quo is okay? Absolutely, no, I think for sure. I think it's a, it's a global cricket community, so yeah, I do think that they, um, yeah, well, it's, it's becomes bleedingly obvious to everyone that if South Africa, by way of example, keep doing what they said they're going to do, and other nations do the same, the West Indies have been, you know, severely depleted for a number of years since the T10, uh, T20 tournaments began around the world, um, that you're going to run out of teams. You're just not going to have any competition in the in the test arena and that whilst it's wonderful to have a series like we just saw, uh, Australia England, um, that might not be enough just to keep it healthy. Yes, thank you there to Adam Gilchrist who uh, joined me for a quick interview. I was there for the Fox Cricket launch and he was pretty open uh, about you know, wanting to preserve uh, test cricket as a format, not liking the fact that these South African players have been contracted to their uh, domestic league and, and won't be able to go for test matches overseas as well. What do you make of all that? Uh, it, it, it's a fascinating topic that, uh, that I think uh, deserves a, a bit more, more spotlight shone on it, to be quite frank. We, we all love the, the IPL. We all love the, you know, the, that franchise uh, sort of leagues across the world and the money and the, the best players in the world coming through. But I think on the back of the ashes that we just had, it's hard to go past Test Cricket as the the best format in the world, really. I mean, it's absolutely sensational. But I would love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Um, 0457736736 or 1300-011170. Thank you very much for texting through. This is Jason again from Melbourne. It might have had a small effect, though Carlton were the better team on the night. That's, of course, around the Angus Brayshaw discussion we had in the morning. Thank you very much for joining me on Tradies News in a nutshell. Thank you very much for Chris Perkins for joining us for a little while. And thank you very much for texting in uh, as well to the program. Vossi and Brandy are coming up very, very shortly. They'll have Michael Carianis on the show. Michelle Bishop will also be on the show with some exclusives and... Who knows, maybe they might ask me to say a few words, but don't blame them for not. Thank you very much for joining me this morning for the last hour on Trader's News in a nutshell. Make sure you're listening to Vossi and Brandy or any of the shows right here across the SEN network.